0: well church family it is wonderful to be gathered together with you wonderful to look at god's word And as we prepare our hearts to look at God's Word together today, uh, I want to let you know that you are watching a a pre-recorded message, but while you are watching this, we have now made the shift to doing live preaching in our gatherings at the church building. And uh, so we want to just let you know that, because for some of you, perhaps you've been saying, hey, once we're doing that, a little bit more live stuff, you want to come out and join us, we would welcome you. We would love to have you uh, come and join us for a a live uh, message. Uh, here in the coming weeks and months Uh, and for those of you who would prefer to stay at home and it, it just suits you better to be able to meet us online uh, we, would, uh, we will continue to bring these messages to you, and so we're delighted that we are able to join with you, to gather with you in one way or another as we move forward. You know, I had the privilege this last week of connecting with some of our CMA missionaries, and I just love the way that God is working uh, and that we are part of something that is bigger than just what we see here in State College. So I actually had the joy of connecting with Bruce and Stephanie Beers, who are missionaries to Uruguay. And uh, I got to do a little interview with them, and we're actually going to post that interview on our missions page of our website. So if you want to hear some of the stories of things that are happening on the front lines, we would encourage you to look at that this week. The other thing that they did for us, which was actually sort of fun, uh, they put together an authentic uh, cooking uh, experience that is on our video. We're also going to post it there for you. Uh, So and it actually walks you through how to uh, how to prepare an authentic. It actually looks delicious. I haven't prepared it yet, but I think our family is going to go through that and we would invite you to do the same thing. So uh, if you want to see the the missions moment video uh, interview or the cooking experience, those will both be posted on our website. Uh, I, I was just reminded, though, as I had the privilege of doing this and connecting with these uh, with these awesome uh, hope initiators. You know, these are these are just great frontline workers. Uh, I, I was just reminded how powerful. Uh, our work with the Great Commission Fund is. And if you've not had an opportunity to support Alliance Missions, I I pray that this year you'll become a first-time supporter of Alliance Missions. It is amazing to see the work that is being done around the world, establishing churches and schools and clinics and hospitals, community centers, radio ministry, and so much more. I love to see the care that is being given to men, women, and children uh, who are affected by disease, poverty, political turmoil, natural disasters. The Christian and Missionary Alliance is on the front line of so many of these things. And so you can take part in that by being a giver to the Great Commission Fund through any of the normal channels uh, that, we, that you give uh, to our church. You can give to the Great Commission Fund and support Alliance Missions. Uh, and, and just know when you do that, you are supporting uh, the hands and feet of Christ, the frontline ministries in over 65 countries around the world. So awesome to be a part of that. Uh, well, church, today the title of our message is Christ in You, the Hope of Glory. And this will be the the concluding message or maybe the transitioning message uh, as we are wrapping up our Hope Initiatives series that we have been following for the last several weeks. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, I was listening to a podcast in this uh, recent weeks where the guest and the host were talking about Uh, a a problem, they were talking about problems in society and our world, and of course it's not too hard to look uh, and to find some when you look for problems in our society and our world, but this was the lament that they were talking about. They were saying uh, it is lamentable, but research shows that human beings have a tendency to disengage when they aren't able to see the immediate good tied to the efforts That they're making so it doesn't really matter what the issue is whether you're talking about environmental issues or education or just simply working together through a pandemic. uh, But it is typical for people to sort of fizzle out when we don't see immediate results, however, when we begin to see results with the things that we're actually putting our energy and our time our money our hands to uh, we're capable of making significant changes. For the good. Well, you know, so I'm listening to this radio show, and it starts. It started to make me think about our calling, our mission, uh, the hope initiatives that we have been undertaking and encouraging you to undertake in this season. And you know, I think if you were to apply that, you would say it this way. Uh, If you begin to uh, see this as a list of things that, you know, stuff that we probably should be doing or probably ought to be doing more, it would be very easy to feel disconnected from the results, and then you start to fizzle, you start to lose steam. But when you tap into the powerful message like what you heard last week when Pastor Chad was talking from, from the book of Romans, that we start to see each of ourselves as a smaller part being formed into the greater whole that is the body of Christ and that each of us has a role to play in this mission of Christ then all of a sudden we start to see we start to make those connections and it starts to build momentum in us you know one of the things that i love about this passage in romans 12 where pa- where chad was preaching last week Uh, is that it gives us that sort of all-in kind of call. It means that you have a part to play in the body of Christ. You have a part to play in the hope initiatives that will further the gospel of Christ. You have gifts that you can use, and by God's grace, He is going to show you what your hope initiative is. And so, without apology, may I continue to ask the question, what is the hope initiative that God is calling for you to undertake? What are the ways in which God is calling you to show gospel demonstration and gospel declaration in your spheres of influence? And church, I just want you to know that every time we say yes, even in small ways, we are collectively tapping into the potential work that God desires to do. So, with that in mind, and and that idea of, of staying motivated and seeing the results of what God wants to do through you and your hope initiatives in this season, I want you to look at Colossians chapter 1 to what is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. In Colossians chapter 1, where where Paul is is unfolding his thanksgiving for the Colossian church, and he's saying how he prays for them, and then he has just said in verse 13 that, you know, that God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then he turns his attention to talk about that beloved Son, to talk about the object of of our hope. And this is what Paul writes in Colossians 1, verse 15 and following. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him, We're in heaven making peace by the blood of His cross. May God add blessing to the reading of His Word this morning. Well, I love this passage of Scripture because if there is any area where you could turn to get a clear picture of who Christ is, it's Colossians 1. And you could expound on every one of these descriptors for probably sermons at a time, but let me just ask us to focus in on this first phrase. He is the image of the invisible God. We get in this passage a very clear picture of Of Christ. And that's something that I want to focus on in this first point of the message a clear picture of Christ. We just said a few moments ago that, you know, when we don't see ourselves connected to the greater whole, it's easy to lose steam. And so if you would come to the end of this Hope Initiative series simply saying, you know, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do things, I'm going to do more than I used to do, but if it's disconnected from the picture, the object of our faith, you're going to miss out. So we need to have a clear picture of Christ. May God give us a clearer picture even through our message today. Uh, I want to give you this, um, maybe a little bit of a confession. Uh, The truth of the matter is, I firmly believe that without Christ, we would have a transcendent, holy, higher, wiser, stronger God, and we would have no way to really ascend to his level. I want you just to think about this for a moment. What would, your, what would your walk with God look like apart from Christ? Uh, if I look at some of the Old Testament examples, I would say very much like Job said. I'm reading Job in my devotions right now. Uh, I would have no way to make my case before him. I would realize, like the Israelites, I would have no way to approach a God like this. In fact, I would go so far as to say this, that this is the fruitless pursuit of every religious practice designed to appease or influence God in some way. And it's for many of us, many of you that are even listening to this, the reason you've been so burned out on religion is that you have no way to ascend to the level of a holy God. I would say it this way, without Christ, I would probably be a very well-intentioned agnostic. And I say that because even now, when I try to get my mind around a timeless, endless, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, immovable mover, I can't do it. I I can't get my mind to understand who God is purported to be. In fact, there's been times in my life, and maybe in yours as well, you would say it's terribly frustrating to attempt a life of faith with a God so big. But church, I want you to understand how amazing this is. He is the image of the invisible God. I want you to catch what a gift we have been given simply in the knowledge of who Christ is. We have a transcendent, holy, higher, wiser, stronger God, but one who has condescended to our level. Read Philippians 2 and read the description of who Christ is and what He has done. Though He had equality with God, He did not consider that equality something to be grasped. But He humbled Himself. He was God with skin on. He became like us. So that even now, as we read through Scripture, we can read the accounts of His birth. We can read the accounts of His life. We can read the accounts of His friendships, His death, and His ever-growing global following that sprung up in the wake of His resurrection and ascension. That's what we're getting ready to celebrate very soon. We can walk in the places where He walked. I've not had the privilege to go to the Middle East or to spend time in Israel. Someday I hope to do that. I know many of you have been able to do that. You can actually go to the physical places where Jesus lived. Why? Because He is a God who came near. And not only did He come near to us, but He is a God who came near, came into the midst of our pain and our difficulty. That's what we're going to celebrate here in Holy Week as we come up, that we have a God who suffered for us. Who showed us what it means to live a life of sacrifice. And then to call us into that blessed life as well. Verse 19 says it this way, For in Him, that is Christ, all the fullness of, of God was pleased to dwell. For every one of you who like me have said, I don't know if I can get my mind around the the immensity of God. Verse 19 says, in Him all of the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. This is an amazing clue So what God has done in the Gospel, yes, we serve an immense and immeasurable God, but in the person of Christ, we see the fullness of God. He is the image of the invisible God. So in this coming uh, season, as we get to the Easter season. And you know, what a great time to be talking with your friends and to be praying for those who don't know Christ or don't have a relationship with our amazing God. This is an awesome time for you to be able to do that. We're going to focus in on Easter Sunday and on the weeks following on this theme that hope, we've been talking about hope for a long time, hope has a name. And in this final portion of the series, we're, we're preparing to make this shift into Holy Week, but we're going to see that it's really a continuation of this message because hope has a name. His name is Jesus Christ. And I'm looking forward to unpacking that, that Easter theme with you, but maybe even more excited to unpack that with the people in our community and in your spheres of influence who need to know that hope has a name and that name is Jesus Christ. So we see a, a clear picture of Christ emerging in this Scripture. And I I love that. But then we also see Paul shifts in verse 21 to a clear picture of self. Read with me verses 21 and following. He says, "...and you who once were alienated and hostile, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless... And above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope, there's that word again, and not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." We're going to pause you right there for a moment because I want you to make sure that we not only have a clear picture of Christ, but also this Scripture gives us a clear picture of self. He has a little back and forth saying, this is who you once were. Verse 21, you who once were alienated, once were hostile, once were doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. You know, Uh, I think that uh, a series like Hope Initiatives, if we're gonna be honest with ourselves and we're gonna be honest about the call, if we're gonna be honest about getting outside sort of the four walls of the church, then we have to be honest about the reality that our world can be messy. We can be messy. And yet we have to understand the new identity that Christ is working out in us. I'll give you a little example. You know, when you think about the messy world that we live in, I was listening to uh, a, news, a news broadcast uh, that was talking about a very interesting story that I just had to kind of chuckle at the messiness of the whole thing. You got two guys that are driving in a Toyota RAV4. That's a pretty nice vehicle, nice new vehicle. They're taking a drive and they see a man on the side of the road who is trying to fix a blown out tire. And so being, you know, good citizens that they are, being a couple of nice guys, they stop to help. Very nice thing to do. But these were not really that nice of guys because uh, they had actually just stolen the Toyota RAV4 that they were driving. So you got two guys, they've just stolen a vehicle, but they see a guy with a blown out tire and they pull over to help him. So it's kind of a, kind of a messy mix. As they are helping to, uh, hands on, help this guy with his tire, the guy with the blown out tire jumps in their car and steals it. Now they've, I guess, got to figure out how you <laughs> report that, you know? I mean, this is sort of harkening back to Vincini from The Princess Bride. You're trying to uh, take what I've rightfully stolen. Uh, and I just was really struck by this whole thing because this is the reality of the world that we live in. This is the reality of the hope that we're trying to bring in to our messy world. Nothing's really easy. It turned out when the police did come to investigate this, that the, the guy with the, broken, the, 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 uh, the flat tire, uh, he had already stolen that vehicle as well. So everybody in the story is a thief. And every car in the story is is stolen. So it's kind of a mess. And you have to ask yourself the question, what in the world are we going to do with the messiness in our world? But that is where the hope of Christ comes in. That is where the beauty of a clear picture of self comes in. And Paul is actually not saying here, listen, I want you to present with this pristine image. He's actually saying, I want you to remember who you were. Because the best person to offer hope to a world that is in need is one that is deeply in touch with who they were before Christ found them. In fact, Jesus says things like this, people who have been forgiven much love much. And you probably know people in your life that have a burning love for God and when you dig back and you see where that love came from, it's come from a place that they understand how much they've been forgiven. And who better to help clean up the messes in our world than those who acknowledge that we used to be a part of that. So we got to remember who we were if we're going to have a clear picture of self. That alone will get rid of all kinds of kind of false pretense, all kinds of posturing and things that you know, we tend to do in the church and I don't think we need to do if we are going to be a real part of Christ's hope initiative. We remember who we were. We have been forgiven very much. But then remember who we are. That there is a calling on your life in Christ to be presented, as Paul says it, to be blameless and holy. Holy. And this is actually really good news. For some of you, you feel like, oh, this is intimidating. I could never be what God wants me to be. And yet, understand this. I want to give you a quote from Oswald Chambers that says it really well. He says, there is only one kind of human nature. And that is the kind of human nature that we have all got. So there is not any one of us that could walk away from this message saying, you know, I really don't need the finished work of Jesus. But he goes on to say this, There's only one kind of holiness, and that is the holiness of Jesus Christ. I want to read you a little extension of this uh, quote, but dwell on this for a moment. He says, as we go on, we find every place that God brings us into is the means of enabling us to realize with growing joy that the life of Christ within is more than a match, not only for the enemy on the outside, but for the impaired body that comes between. Paul urges with passionate pleading that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice and then realize, not presumptuously, but with slow, sure, overwhelming certainty that every command of Christ can be obeyed in our bodily life through the atonement you have the holiness and the nature of Christ in you if you are in Christ today and if you are not in Christ today the answer is not to try harder the answer is to look to the finished work that Jesus Christ has done for you that's what we're going to celebrate in this coming week look to the cross look to the empty tomb and understand that every sin in your life has been forgiven and that every fear in your life has been overcome. And then bow your knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and in your own words, confess your sin, confess your needs, and you will find a clear picture of Christ and a clear picture of self in a beautiful collision. And that's where we're going to go in this last point in verse 24. Verse 24 reads this way, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the Word of God fully known the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to the saints. And now we come to this beautiful collision. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory." This is the title of the message. This is the main theme. This is why we must have a clear picture of Christ and a clear picture of self because it all comes together in verse 27 Christ in you, the hope of glory. That little sentence says so much. But what happens when we begin to get a clear picture of Christ? What happens when we begin to get a clear picture of self and then arrive at this wonderful collision? Paul's joy was to declare the mystery of the Gospel. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is what will sustain you as you put yourself on the front lines of being a hope initiator, one who would take on the hope initiatives of Christ. This is what will keep you going, the bigger picture of God's glory displayed as Christ's life is worked out in you. Several years ago, I was reading a book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why, a great book that I would recommend. In it was the first time I had heard this little illustration. He says, I want you to consider the story of two stonemasons. You walk up to the first stonemason and you ask, Uh, do you like your job? And he replies this way. He says, well, I've been building this wall for as long as I can remember, and the work is monotonous. I work in the scorching hot sun all day. The stones are heavy, and lifting them day after day can be backbreaking. To be honest with you, I'm not even sure if this project is going to be finished in my lifetime, but it's a job, and it pays the bills, and you thank him for for his time, and you walk on." 30 feet away, you see a second stonemason working on the same wall, doing the same job. And you ask them this question, do you like your job? And he answers this with a little sparkle in his eye. I love my job. I'm building a cathedral. Surely, I've been working on this as long as I can remember. And yes, the the work can be monotonous. And and I work out in the scorching hot sun all day. The stones are heavy. Lifting them can sometimes feel like backbreaking work. In fact, I'm not even sure if this project is going to be done in my lifetime, but I'm building a cathedral, and there is an infusion of hope that you see in the second person that seems to be missing from the first. Paul is giving an incredible infusion of hope to anyone who feels that the work has become a bit monotonous. The answer is not to say, let's just work harder, let's just tough it out a little bit more, let's just put a little bit more sweat into this thing, but rather, the passage of this Scripture gives us with crystal clarity the big picture that for some of you perhaps has been missing or maybe has grown a little bit faint. This is the big picture that will fuel your hope initiative. It is Christ in you. The hope of glory. This is the big picture that will make the difference in your journey. This is why faithful followers of Christ, who even this last week's have received unwanted trials or bad news, and yet you find yourself able to overcome, able to have a hope beyond reason, able to be able to find strength even in the midst of that trial. Why? It's because Christ in you is the hope of glory. This is why God often uses those who can't claim to be the best or the brightest and yet God uses them for incredible kingdom impact. Why? Because of Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is why for some of you I want to say it speak very clean very clearly. Uh, you are not too old to make Kingdom impact. And you need to hear that from your pastor this morning. Why? Because there is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Some of you need to hear the same message on the other end of the spectrum. You are not too young to make Kingdom impact. Why? Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. This is why the church will endure until Christ calls us home despite our failings, despite our shortcomings, despite the places that still need to be healed, despite the incredible uncertainties in our world, trumping all of those things is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Church, I share this message with you today that you would not lose heart on the hope initiatives that Christ has called you to. That you would not lose heart in the hope initiatives that Christ will call you to. And if we can continue to be a people who come with open hands and open hearts, and a little bit of hunger and a little bit of passion to say, we need more of Christ and less of me. We need a clearer picture of who He is. We need a clearer picture of who we were and who we are being called to be. And the beautiful collision therein is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That will be a hope that will sustain you in the coming trials. That will be a hope that will ground you in the coming year. I look forward to seeing how God will work this out in us as we continue unapologetically to say, what is your hope initiative? How will you declare and how will you demonstrate the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Ask Him. Ask Him to show you. I'm going to ask you to pray with me as we conclude, and uh, I'd like to share with you a uh, a Lenten prayer. This is from the Puritan tradition, Uh, and it's a beautiful picture that just points us to Jesus. And as we go into this Holy Week uh, season, we're going to offer a, a devotional each day of this week from one of our pastoral staff leading up to Good Friday. And at Good Friday, I'd like to join you at the communion table for my devotion uh, to, to wait with you in the shadow of the cross and to remember the broken body of Jesus and the shed blood of Jesus. And, and we're going to be intentional about waiting in the quietness and, and the sadness of that, of that sacrifice. And then we're going to rush to Easter. And next week we're going to celebrate the empty tomb and the risen Savior together. But all of this week, I, I pray that your focus would be on Jesus. And, and maybe this prayer would help lead us in that direction. It reads this way, Christ was all anguish that I might be all joy. He was cast off that I might be brought in. He was trodden down as an enemy that I may be welcomed as a friend. Christ surrendered to hell's worst that I might attain heaven's best. He was stripped that I would be clothed. He was wounded that I would be healed. He was thirsty that I might drink. He was tormented that I might be comforted. He was made ashamed that I might inherit glory. He entered darkness that I might have eternal light. Jesus, today we welcome and embrace Christ in us, the hope of glory. And I would simply pray as we conclude this message that if there's anybody that would say, I know who Christ is, but I know that He has never been Christ in me. He has never taken up residence in my life. Lord, today we bow our knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And friend, may I just simply ask that you confess your sin before the Lord and welcome Him in with joy. Has He given you a clearer picture of self? A self that needs to be redeemed. And can you see that the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross was paying for every sin, both mine and yours? And would today be the day that you would welcome Him in? Lord, for the rest of us, we would simply ask that you would rekindle in us that powerful reality, Christ in us, the hope of glory, that we would be purveyors and carriers of your hope in our world. We love You, Jesus. We thank You for the great lengths that You have gone. I pray that You would stir in us in a powerful way today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.